Well, I'm so excited uh, for this morning for a couple of reasons. First off, um, I get to uh, share with you all what we've kind of talked about the past month. I've just had a great month of uh, getting to know each and every one of you, and I'm just so glad that you've agreed to come up here and share your stories because it's such an amazing stories that you have. And the second reason is um, I just love stories. Even when I was a kid um, growing up, uh, I loved to hear my grandfather tell stories. And I call him Papa, so um, every time I'd go over to my grandparents' house, uh, my Papa always had a story to tell. And he's not somebody who talks a lot, usually, but when he had a story to tell, it was worth listening to. And, um, you know, he'd tell the stories about his life in Alabama on the farm with no, um, no air conditioning, no fridge, you know. Uh, basically, they hunt small game to survive on, and um, it was just so fun to get to hear his stories. And I think we all kind of have that same idea when it comes to stories. We all love stories, and uh, that's why we rush to the new movie when it comes out. That's why we, um, you know, dig our nose into a book and can't get out of it and end up, you know, reading the whole book in one night, you know. Um, we all love stories, and what's so great about our God is that he works through our stories, and through the entirety of Scripture, we see him just working in the lives of people through stories. And, um, and you know, we're the church. The church is the people. And so we get to, to spend some time this morning listening to the church share some stories. And um, I'm just so excited for you to get to hear these things. Um, we recently did our freedom uh, group and talked about freedom in Christ. And uh, I think that... It's so perfect that each and every one of these stories so greatly relates to that freedom in Christ. And, and you'll, you'll get to hear this and just them being set free from these things that were just holding them back from everything that God has for them. So without further ado, let's start off and um, let's start with uh, over on the end with Hannah. And uh, just tell us a little bit about um, your childhood experience uh, with God and with the church. So I actually sat on this side because I thought I was going to go last. <laughs> but um, joking aside, um, when it comes to childhood faith, I really didn't have, um, I, w I didn't grow up or was raised in the church, but uh, my grandfather um, and grandmother were very active in their church, and I just remember her always um, reading the Bible and kind of um, influencing us with that. Uh, we would attend church mainly on the holidays. So it was more of like a Christmas, Easter kind of thing. Um, but I always did believe in God. I always knew that I could pray and that he could hear me. Um, but my perspective um, was a little bit more of religion versus relationship. Um, and it was kind of like whether it was one or the other, you believed or you didn't. Let's bring it down here to Owen. What about you? What was your uh, childhood experience with, uh, with the church and with faith in general? Coming up, probably convenience, uh, uh, Navy brat, so we moved quite a bit, um, so there'll be times when we did go to church, and there'll be times when we don't go to church for years, and, um, and that was just part of being in the Navy. That's yeah, part of the Navy. My the dad's day. not very religious. He's never has been. Uh, my mom is the one that's more religious, so uh, when we did go, it was kind of like going to the dentist for me. Um, to be honest, I was not a believer. Uh, it was a Presbyterian church, so it was everyone has to get dressed up all fancy, sing hymns, and listen to the preacher talk for like an hour. And as a 14-year-old, whatever age I was, I was not about that life, so uh, it was like going to the dentist for me. <laughs> going to the dentist, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rhonda, what about you? My experience growing up was 
always in church, my family. Um, we went to a small community church in California. Um, my family pretty much built it, was involved in it. Um, was there Sunday morning, Sunday evening, um, involved with the youth, um, knew Jesus, um, was saved at probably 13 years old, um, involved with the church, uh, camp, and um, didn't have a walking relationship with Christ, but knew of God, um, and it was always there in church because it was just what we did. Yeah, it's so interesting. I hear, and I think um, you kind of mentioned it, Rhonda, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, and Hannah, you even did too. It's just like, it was such a cultural thing more than anything. Like, if you did go to church, yeah, it was like going to the dentist because, you know, it's what you're supposed to do on Christmas and Easter whenever it's convenient. And so I think I, think I see that trend a lot for, you know, a lot of people as church just becomes something that's convenient and something that you're just supposed to do because, you know, it's what you're supposed to do. Um, but Rhonda, can you share a little bit about um, some experiences that uh, maybe were roadblocks at times um, from you going to church and, and, and kind of kept you uh, at a distance from the church? Christian woman. Um, uh, my father, I never knew. He left when I was very young. She remarried a non-believer even though he was, his mother was very um, active in our church. He was Kiowa Apache Indian, very, very big man. Would never go to church with us and faulted my mom for going and taking us, but she still went. Um, at a very young age, he molested me. And I had to leave the home. I didn't want to because my mom was the only one I had that I could go to and love me. She, I went to live with my aunt for about three years and I just couldn't take it anymore. I missed her, I missed my brothers. So I came back home and it was a different feeling. It wasn't like home anymore, but I was with my mom and my brothers. So, involved in church, as I said, and with the youth. And when I was 13, I went to camp, and we stayed a week up there, and I was saved. And felt good, everything felt good, and um, went through life that year you know, trying to walk with the Lord and stay in the church and be with the youth. So the following summer, I went as an assistant counselor for my camp. And I was up there for about three weeks. We spent three months up there. And um, we were in the mess hall having lunch after swimming. And I seen my stepdad walking in. And I was shocked and he said get your things you have to go home your mom's having open heart surgery so I said okay and my mom was very small very small Spanish woman and um, 
back in 74, when they did open heart surgery, it was a major, major thing. They cut your ribs, they took your arteries from your legs, and she had three bypass. So I was 14, so we got home, she came through the surgery, um, and she was doing fine. Um, and my brothers were wanting to see her desperately. And they were too young to be able to go up into the, the hospital. So um, our birthdays, my brother Matthew is August 23rd. Mine is August 24th. And Joseph is August 26th. So she asked the nurses if I could bring my brothers up on the 26th just to see them for their birthdays. So they said, okay. So I had a friend that drove, so she brought us up. We're waiting in the lobby. I go to tell my mom, mom, my brothers are here. And um, she said, okay, get my lipstick. And he did put her lipstick on. So I went to get my brothers. And as we were walking down the hallway, her light was on. And the nurses wouldn't let us go in. So she had a blood clot to her leg, and it went to her heart, and it killed her instantly. So it, it was tough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah. So my stepdad came up, made my brothers go look at her, because that's the Indian way, down in the basement, and I wouldn't go. So I left to find my aunts, to tell them what had happened, and from then on, I just didn't like Jesus. I didn't like God. I, so that quite a oh, yeah. It was just I stopped going to church. I, why would you take my mom? Why yeah. would you take my mom? Right. She was a good Christian woman. Yeah, yeah let's, um, let's come, to back, come back to that in just a second. Because um, I think there's some good points, and I think a lot of people have been through situations where we have this feeling of, you know, why God, why? And, uh, and I think there's some good things that um, you have to say about that in just a minute. But uh, real quick, um, Hannah, do you mind sharing uh, a little bit about some roadblocks that maybe were in the way uh, for you um, and, uh, you know, coming to Christ and things? Um, being raised in the church, um, alongside of that, my parents separated multiple times um, from really the age I was born up until about 10 when they officially um, separated for good. And we moved a lot, so it was really hard to feel um, stability and feel like I had a permanent home, um, along with not being involved in a church community and having that support. So my sister and I um, ended up living with my mother about full time. Uh, my father moved um, to different areas of Ohio at some points and eventually different states. So we would see him mainly maybe during just like the summertime or on weekends. Um, and it was tough financially because she was a single mother. Um, with help from my grandparents, they played a big part. But for the most part, she was independent. And so I think from a young age, it really altered uh, my view of what a woman should be, which is really independent and do everything on her own. Um, now coming to Christ and knowing that God didn't intend for us to do anything alone, um, I had to learn to become fully dependent on him, which for me was life-changing. Um, but at a young age, I just felt really compelled to step up and take 
on a lot of adult uh, worry and stress. Um, alongside of all that, a lot of physical abuse um, I was exposed to at a young age. My mother was in a relationship that was very abusive. Uh, my sister and I both witnessed a lot of that, um, and it really made it hard for me to be able to trust uh, people, especially men in my life. Yeah, yeah, moving a lot with no stability and then um, finally feeling like you have a home because your mother finds someone that, you know, she ends up having your little brother with and stuff. You feel like, okay, well, maybe this will be a start of a family for her. And it just, it really backfired. I mean, again, without Christ being the center of the home, it was really tough. I feel like the world um, had a lot of influence on the way we lived. And so um, it was just hard for me to make good decisions. I ended up really doing things my own way. And at the age of 15, I um, personally got into a very abusive relationship with a boy just a few years older than me. Um, and that was tough. That was something that scared my parents and they didn't really know how to handle. And I don't know if you want me to go into the rest of that yet, but yeah. We'll go into that in just a second, but let's, let's move it down here to Owen. And Owen, um, uh, just share a little bit about kind of what stood between you and coming to Christ. And uh, Well, for me, it wasn't... Uh... There was nothing dramatic that really happened. It was more, um, what's the word I'm trying to find here? Is I never really had the urge to learn. I'm more of an analytical type person. So, you know, I've, everyone heard the, the basic Bible stories, you know. Uh, you know, most part of the Red Sea, Jesus healed the blind. That to me, you know, when I first heard that was like fantasy, you know, storytelling. Like that, that can't really happen. I'm very, I have to see it to believe it. So um, even once I got married, uh, many I know my wife, Jamie, uh, she's, a very, she's been a Christian all of her life. And even when she would try to explain to me, because she really wanted me to become a believer, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. And I, didn't, I don't think I really wanted to believe it, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm kind of stern in my ways. So once I say, I don't, you know, no, nah, that's not real. That, that can't happen. You know, the only way to really prove it to me is, all right, well, prove it to me. Show me. Do it now, and I'll believe. So I think it was more just my heart. I just wasn't open to even trying to believe, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So your heart, you're saying your heart was a little hard to it, and it, yeah. yeah. I think that a lot of people can be that way sometimes, and it's just, um, you know, but God keeps working on us, and, um, you know, God will continue to work on them. You know, we don't have to give up on those people that, you know, we see as, like, they're never going to come to Christ. Well, you know. They do. And why don't you show your, tell your story a little bit about, um, you know, how you came to Christ and how that um, was kind of shattered for you. Well, my story is, uh, uh, I don't know, there's not as, I got all sad listening to their stories. Like, oh, my gosh, how my story can, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, my story kind of, I kind of hit a low of lows to find uh, the Lord. Um, I cleared this through my wife, just so everyone knows. So I'm not going to get in trouble after this. But uh, uh, basically, I moved down here about two years ago. And uh, just prior to that, me and my wife were not in a good place. And I think everyone kind of figured out where that's going. Uh, our relationship was kind of in shambles, and work was, was awful. I was uh, on, a, on a ship. I'm active duty military, so I was on a Navy ship. And uh, things were not good at all. And um, uh, the night I had duty the following day, which for those who don't know what duty is, duty is we got to stay on the ship for 24 hours. And right after that, we had like a month and a half underway or something like that. And uh, the night before I had duty, me and uh, my wife got in a really big fight. And um, it was kind of like the, that last fight, like I just, I've had enough of this. And I remember she came out with the kids to the ship to, to say goodbye to me before I had to go underway for a month or so. 
And she kind of said, what are we going to do? What's the, you know, what's the plan? And I said, I don't think that either one of us have really tried the last six to nine months to make it work. I think we've just been going through the motions. And I was like, how do you feel about that? And um, I never forget the look she gave me. You know, the look say a thousand words. The look said, I got nothing else to give. And I, w- I was crushed. Um, so, you know, I walked him back to the car, kissed him goodbye, and we kind of left it at that, and I remember instantly going to a deep depression at that point because uh, family is really important to me. Uh, we just bought a home down here in Jacksonville. Some of mine started racing. Are, are they even going to come down here with me? Am I going to be able to see my kids? You know, I didn't want to, you know, just abandon them. Um, so I went back to the ship that night, just completely destroyed. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I was lost, and uh, the only thing I could think to do was just pray. I didn't know what else to do. And I threw myself down, just said, Lord, I, th- if, if you're real, I need you at this point. Like, I got nothing, I got nothing else. If I lose my family, I don't know what I'm going to do. And um, so I did that every night. And uh, I, th- I believe on the fourth night it was, we were underway. And uh, as I was waking up, I heard, clear as day, it's going to be okay. And I flung up out my rack, almost hit, my head, hit, almost hit a pipe. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, those are the racks on the ship. Um, and all that pain and depression and sadness went away. And I, at first I thought, well, you know, maybe it was just part of the dream. But then well, how did all that pain just go away? There's no reason for me not to feel pain because I was still underway on the same ship with my family in turmoil. And it was, I don't know really, it's almost like, an, you ever seen those movies where like an, someone gets stabbed with an adrenaline needle? They kind of fly back up, like, oh, yeah, let's go. That's literally how I felt. Like, all that pain went away, and I remember emailing Jamie that, that, that same day, like, excited. Like, I'm ready to come back. I'm a new man. Like, I pray to God you believe me on this, but I, I swear I found the Lord. Like, all he had to do was present himself to me, and I said, I'm a believer. All right. You took away all that pain. I, I'm with you. So, and obviously you see where, where you know. <laughs> Now you're here on stage. Well, yeah, now I'm here telling you all my story. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Rhonda, what about you? What, um, what changed to make you uh, want to come and, and back into, you know, that Christian faith? After a few years, I was staying away from church and not doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, and... A lady came to visit me at my aunt's house because after my mom passed away, I went back to move with my aunt and her husband. And I hadn't been to church, and she came on visitation to see me. And I was still young. I was 17, I guess. And she said, can I speak to you, Rhonda? And I said, yes. And I believe her name was Miss Bainkart. And she said, I want to know why you're not in church. Your mom would not have wanted this. And I said, because he took my mom. Christ took my mom, and, and she was the best thing. She was a church girl. She was saved. She gave her all to Jesus. And she said, well, you weren't there the night in prayer meeting, long before your mom passed away, long before she went in the hospital. And she prayed a prayer that, Lord, if it means taking my life to save my husband, take my life. So 
so that hit me hard, hit me very hard. And that's what my mom was. She was a strong Christian woman. My dad is saved now. He was saved probably about 10 years later. Um, and I didn't speak to him for years. I went to California about three years ago. And Christ gave me the strength to visit and forgive. But that's only because of Fathom. Fathom has given me a walk with Christ that I never thought I would have. Um, I had felt the Holy Spirit for the first time in my life. The Lord talks to me. The Lord has given me a daughter, Christina, that has brought so much joy to my heart. And she has shown me in so many ways the walk with Christ. So how could I ask for anything more? You know, but salvation, a walk with Christ, his love, his joy. I, I, I'm just overwhelmed with love and joy for Christ. I just love him and I just can't do enough for him. And now I'm working on my kids my other children to get them back in church and I know it's going to happen I know it is um, Hannah what are some things that uh, God did in your life to, to get you to where you are now wow that's <laughs> so much <laughs> so much. we'll be here for a, a day um, but you know after um, things got a little bit out of control as a teenager um my father did move back near us. Um, long story short, he found God in his own faith and, and um, just really in the right time that where he felt I needed to be removed from the environment I had been put in. Um, so at about age 16, I was actually sent away to a school in Utah. Now, if anyone knows where I'm from, I'm from Ohio. So Ohio and Utah are very um, far away, far apart. And um, it was a Christian boarding school. And so at the time, being 16 and being ripped away from the life I was living on my own, it was very hard. I resented my father for it. Um, but now looking back, um, I wasn't there for a very long time, um, but the short amount of time I was there, I did learn um, just so much about God and his love for us. Um, my walk hadn't quite started just yet, but I did learn um, how to worship. And till this day, worshiping for me is just the closest, when I'm doing it, I feel the closest to, to the Lord. And um, I just... I found such great peace in, in learning how to just worship the Lord. And for a long time when I would pray, it was more just about when I, you know, needed something or something was going wrong in my life or I didn't feel fulfilled. It was more asking him for things versus just um, praising how good he is. And so, um, like I said, I was actually supposed to be in this um, boarding school until I was 18. Um, but my grandmother, my dad's um, mother, actually, actually had been diagnosed with lung cancer. And so during this time, she w was only given a year. And when I got sent away, it was probably a good 10 months into that time. And so she became very ill while I was away, and I actually uh, came back home. Um, she shortly did pass away after that time. Um, 
And I would have to say that it was really the first time I had experienced death. Um, I hadn't lost anyone super close to me until this time. And I was close to my grandmother, and so that was hard. Um, but at that time, fear really sat in. Um, just death became real, and I, I believe that the enemy really used that to create um, extreme anxiety and fear in my life. Um, and that, that was just, that was really tough. And so I kind of lived with that. I lived with the fear of, you know, someone being fine and then getting sick and dying a year later and all these just mental things and strongholds that the enemy had on me. And so um, after she had passed away, I actually made a decision to move um, away from home and move to Florida. Um, I didn't realize at the time, but I was really just trying to run away from everything I had created in my life. And um, But God not being the center yet, it just, it all came um, crumbling down eventually. So four years ago, um, pretty close today, is when the, the crippling anxiety really set in. Um, I, it was to the point where I just couldn't enjoy everyday things. Um, it was a fear of leaving my, my home, that I was going to have a panic attack no matter where I went. Um, some days, honestly, where I struggled to get out of bed. There's one day in specific that I, I won't forget, but it was just a, a normal weekend. I had off work, and I was an active stylist at the time, and I would get up and do what I had to do. But, you know, on a normal Saturday when someone's enjoying, you know, just going out and not having to work, I could not get out of my bed. Um, I was just so fearful. And so looking back on that, um, I just had a lot of emotional baggage that I hadn't really ever dealt with. Um, and again, I hadn't been healed yet. So I was, you know, from doctor's appointments, medications. Um, there were so many times that I, without the guidance, um, I could have been put on something to fix or alter um, who I was. But the Lord, I believe, really just never, never allowed that to actually happen. Um, there was always a reason in my heart. I felt, no, I don't want to be on medicine. I want to figure out, you know, a way. I know this. I just knew in my heart, even before I knew it was the Lord that was going to take it away, that this wasn't the life for me. Um, so at the end of it, you know, it's just people, places, and things in my life had to change. Um, they had to involve God. Uh, when I made the decision to give up what it felt like was all that I had, doors opened. Um, I ended up marrying a man of God just a year ago. And that alone, his influence and peace just brought so much hope into my life. And I don't mean to make it sound simple, but God can and wants to heal you. So if you just put your trust and love in him, I promise you, sitting up here in front of you guys today isn't something I ever thought I could do. Um, yeah, none of us, um, you know, one thing we always say is uh, no disciple walks alone. Yeah. And it really is true. And your story is just such a great example of that. You know, you thought you were walking alone this whole time. You know, you wanted, um, you felt like that's something you almost had to do. And then yeah. um, God showed you that, you know, you're not alone and that you have people that um, will walk with you and God will Absolutely. walk with you, which is yeah. just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing that you could just kind of, um, you know, tell everybody from your story that you've learned that you'd want them to kind of live out in their lives, what what is one thing yeah. that you would? Um, it's funny because Dave and I, David and I joked like I could probably sit up here and just talk about my like journey this entire time. So I'm going to try to wrap it up. But um, 
I, I really just wrote, you know, not only do I sit here today healed, I'm not going to sit here and say that there isn't times I get nervous. I'm nervous right now. But um, I'm just, I'm so, like Rhonda said, I'm just so in love with Christ and the influence um, and just the life-changing courage and confidence I now have in Christ. Um, the beautiful part is, too, that uh, Lee and I have really just been able to influence and share that with my family. So I'm, you know, so proud to say that just um, a couple months ago, my mother started attending a church. Um, she's still in Ohio, and she actually went to the altar and got saved. Um, my father is active and active in growing his family up in the Lord. Um, they just always tell us how much we've influenced them. And um, I just, that's really the best gift of all. I really can't um, thank the Lord anymore for, for what he's done. And um, I just wrote down a scripture that uh, through thinking about my testimony and kind of what I wanted to share was Isaiah 43.1 stuck out. Um, and it just says, don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And um, it just said beneath it, you know, God actually commands us not to fear or worry. And the phrase fear not is used at least 80 times in the Bible because he knows the enemy uses fear to decrease our hope and limit our victories. Um, so through all the hard times and the days that I couldn't get out of my bed or couldn't face people, um, being healed and being able to tell my story now and just letting anyone know that if they're dealing with that, that God wants and, and will heal you and Awesome. Awesome. Owen, if there's something um, from your story that you've learned that you'd like to share um, to just encourage people that, you know, doubt, you know, God can, can overcome that. And so um, is there something you'd like to share? I think uh, it's got to be, you got to open your heart. Um, I went to church even when I was a non-believer because Jamie wanted the kids to, to love God. And I don't want to have the arguments of why do you not want to go or, you know, why does daddy get to stay home but we have to go. So I went to church still. I listen to the message because, I mean, the Bible is full. Even if you're not a non-believer, the, the Bible has good messages in there. You know, be good to one another, give back, you know. So, you know, I enjoy listening to the messages. But until you fully open your heart, I don't think that you can really become a believer. And that can be hard. Obviously, it took the lows of lows, at least my, what I consider my low of low to, you know, accept Jesus and hear him when I was really like, okay, I'm really praying to you, Lord. And I, th I think the interesting thing about what he said to me, when he says, it's going to be okay, he never said, I'm going to fix your marriage or, you know, work's going to get easier. I got you. Don't worry. He just said it's going to be okay. So even if things did go south and it didn't work out, the Lord said it's going to be okay. I got you. You know, and I think that ever since then, I've never felt alone. Like, no matter what happens, the Lord will always be with you. And... Um, yeah. Ron, if there's just one thing that just leads everybody with uh, from your story and what we remember, um, what is that? Just always remember that he's there. Your faith is so important. The Lord never gives up on you. He never will, no matter what you've done, no matter what you said, no matter where you go, the Lord is there. And he will walk with you. He will teach you. He will love you. And no matter what you do, and for all things, go to him. Thank you all so much for sharing. I just want to share a quick scripture. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 
in verse uh, 7. Uh, but we all have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Things are going to happen in our lives that are rough. And, but it's a part of our story. And what's so amazing about our God is that he's going to use our story for such amazing things. And so if you're going through something this morning and it's just hard to even wake up in the morning, it's hard to put on your shoes and go to work, it's hard to be around other believers that are excited, just want to encourage you, like, it's not over. And God can do amazing things in your life, and he's gonna. And so as we just start off this new year, um, like, be excited. Try to find that excitement by leaning on, on Christ. And when you engage in conversations, like, we have a treasure inside of us. And, and, and we might just be a jar of clay, but there's this treasure inside of us. And I'm just so thankful that you share your story and, and share that treasure that God has given you. Um, so this, this morning, we're going to stand and, and worship. And I just want to encourage you, like, if there's something holding you back right now, just give it to God. Just give it to God.